whoa, this is what it feels like to really dig your rail in, like to really push and use your rail properly. When you level up, it's surfing small waves because your technique has to be on point. I've spent so much time in the ocean that I could paddle, but if I don't surf for like two weeks, bro, I feel it. Welcome to the Basis Surf Podcast. We have Isaac Stant in the house. Uh, very excited to have him. Uh, he is a Maui surfer, uh, surfed everything from Jaws, competitor on the QS, also runs a surf school. And it's interesting because the first time I saw of you, I was watching some random video on YouTube and I saw this dude just absolutely ripping on a step up in like two foot waves. And I was like, what is going on here? Like just these beautiful flowing roundhouse cutbacks on oh, tiny thanks, ways man. where people would be draw, you know, people would be groveling. And I was just like, I've never seen anybody do that before. And then lo and behold, you actually had this video about the benefit of riding a step up in small waves. And I was like, this guy has a very counterintuitive approach to surfing. I'm super curious. You did that one video. And then, um, I don't think you, you did anything much more and cause it was mostly just you surfing. Cause you know, you, you surf really well and everything. And then I was like, huh, I'm really curious, like what kind of approaches to to technique and all that that this guy has in his head and and you know fast forward and here we are uh super psyched and actually you know i will tell you that was the inspiration because when i saw that i was in um i was on the north shore with my buddy i was staying out there for a couple months and i saw that and i was like you know what i need to get a step up <laughs> it was Sick, winter time dude. too it was winter time too so i was like okay i need to i need to get a proper step up and uh yeah, I got one and it definitely helped my surfing. So very excited nice. to have you on here. Thanks for, thanks for joining. And uh, thank you, yeah. man. Appreciate it. Awesome. Right. Cool. Well, um, you know what, why don't, why don't we just start off with that topic? I want to go deep cool. into kind of like how you got into surfing and all that, but that was just such a weird counterintuitive approach that I just, why don't we dive into that? Cause I think that that's going to be really interesting for a lot of listeners. Yeah. What What is, you know, cause typically when you think about a step up, you know, and for those of you that don't know exactly what a step up is, it's going to be a longer board, you know, usually for riding, but this yeah. is like your sunset board or something or what? Yes, yes, yes. So these boards are just, uh, they're just mainly step ups for like, you know, if the waves get pretty much six, six to 10 feet, 12 feet. Um, I mainly got my step ups for sunset. It was actually to compete into in the sunset, um, w, WQS events. And, um, but yeah, those are just kind of like my go-to boards that I ride. 610, 7074. Those are like my wow. three sizes that I love those to Those are your ride. sizes? Yeah. How wide are they and how thick are they? Um, That's a really good question. I don't really know off the back of my head, to be honest. Um, I, I believe my Magic 74 is 33 liters. And then it's under 19 within the width. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I pretty much, yeah, all my boards I get from Eric Arakawa, who shapes on the North Shore. I'm sure you're yeah. familiar with him. Yeah, for And sure. uh, I've been working with him for a long time, probably like seven years with my boards. And I kind of yeah. just, I'm like one of those surfers, man, like especially like working with like, I haven't worked with a lot of shapers, but there are just like certain shapers that I work with. You would think I'm like, you know how like surfers are super in depth with like the concaves of boards and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm really not. I'm not like that. I kind of just like, invest a relationship with the shaper and then i just let him go like he knows how i right. surf and i'm like i should learn more about it to be honest but right. yeah he just kind of 
I'm like, this is what I want. And he'll be like, what's your weight? What do you, what's your weight now? Da-da-da. And then he'll just make me it. Yeah. Nice. But I mean, just for reference though, like 33 liters, 19 inches wide, you know, that's 19 inches wide. That's like how wide most people's short boards are. Like, uh, yeah. So it's just under my short boards, under 19. It's like just yeah. under 19 for my, my step ups. My short boards are actually 19 flat right now for my width. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really stretched out. It's really narrow relatively to its length as well. Yeah. So this is very different from riding like a mid length, obviously. Um, and so what is riding a, what are the benefits? Why do you recommend surfing, you know, a step up, even if it's smaller? Cause normally those are, you know, what you'd ride in proper big waves like sunset. Yeah. You know, I think just with any, like any equipment you use, it takes a little time to kind of get used to like certain pressure points. I always say pressure points, but with a step up, I, I especially think if you're like beginner intermediate, um, this even applies to like advanced, but this is my opinion. Um, I definitely think when you ride a step up, it just teaches you how to develop a super strong base and it, and it also teaches you how to use your rail properly. If you look at a lot of surfers, um, you know, and I, I think it just all depends with your goals. Um, a lot of people just want to go out and have fun and that's cool. But if like, if you have the goal of actually progressing, you're like, man, I want to, you know, do a big rap or big carve or off the top. It really just kind of stems down to just really detailed basics. And it's just knowing how to use your rail. So when you use a bigger board, it you can't really surf flat. Like you try surf flat or do a turn, like try and turn a big board. You're not going to be able to just flick it out. You know what right. I mean? You're totally. either going to fall off the rail because yeah. your base and just, it's, it's just kind of like takes time to little to get used to, right? or you're just going to kind of slowly turn. Right. Yeah. So yeah. With that being said, my whole theory behind it, it's not even just a theory. I guess it's just more so like my years of experience. I just truly enjoy riding bigger boards to be honest too. Um, yeah. But with that being said, when you use a bigger board, you develop you develop a better base, and then you also learn how to use your rail line properly. And then it mm -hmm. kind of just transfers over to all your boards. You know what I mean? Um, but that's my whole like outlook on like riding step ups. It just right. dials your fundamentals in. And do you think that that's a common issue for a lot of intermediate surfers, say, who ride smaller boards and yeah. you know do these flicky turns? Because a lot of times you know, because the board is lighter and more maneuverable, you think you're doing a turn just because you're yeah. able to like change the direction, but really mm -hmm. you're just like, it's not actually engaging the rail. Is that kind of what you're saying there? Yeah. I, I would say a lot of the time, um, especially if you're kind of just getting into it for a while, um, you know, let's say you're just surfing for a year uh, and you're, you know, let's say you're a pretty athletic person you have good balance, maybe you skate, maybe you snowboard, whatever. You kind of learn pretty fast. You're not... Weight does come into play with certain things, especially if you're just starting out. But if you're just kind of like, you know, in good shape, whatever, and you uh, jump on your smaller fish boards, let's say you rode like an eight-foot board for a bit, you kind of went down. Yeah, you get a false sense of like, I guess, direction when it comes to fundamentals because you're turning. Also, like... You, I've watched one of your podcasts, but it is super true. If you don't really ever watch yourself surf, you do get like a full, like right. you have no idea what you look like. We, we dealt with that when I was super young. Like we used to yeah. like 
film each other. But if you don't yeah. watch yourself surf, that's probably one of I'm like jumping ahead, but I would say that is like essential of getting better is being right. able to critique and watch yourself surf. Super right. important. It's like under it's like common sense, but it's actually like underrated. People don't really realize that, but it is. Um but yeah, people tend to surf real flat because it's uh the boards are shorter, you know, and depending on what you ride, it's easier to force turns. Yeah. And what happens is too is like we all kind of dealt with that at some point in our life, but it's super hard when you start developing like bad habits to break out of it. Um so I would say, I actually said this in one of my videos, if I were to ever coach a kid like from real young, I would have them on like a step up board to just build a good base, get their like basic fundamentals using their rail line, cutbacks, you know, also like it teaches you how to flow. It actually teaches you how to pump better because if you're, it's super easy to kind of like, I call it like tic-tac-toe when you're just like mm-hmm. papping on a board, yep. Yep. on a big board, you literally have to pump correctly from your hips. Right. You know, right. So you have to do those big swoops because you can't. Exactly. Just, I mean, there's just too you much have, foam. Yeah, yeah. You actually have to. You know, you're pretty much going like uh, it's like knee to chest. You're almost mm-hmm. like just dropping, but you're using. It really shows you how to use your uh, your rail line properly, and in order to actually gain speed, if you look at some of the best surfers in the world, they're never like uh, Jack Robinson. Actually, not yeah, yeah Jack Robinson does this super good he's just he stands out to me but if you ever see him surf um huntington beach when he mm-hmm. is like ever pumping into that uh what do they call it the huntington hop he's yeah, always yeah. s turning he just mm-hmm, goes right. rail to rail and yeah. when you ride a big board you have to pump like that otherwise right. you just really don't get speed if especially if you're surfing a smaller wave you know well, so here's a question because I, I watched you on one of those and it seemed like what was really interesting is because one of the, the issues with the bigger board is when you pop up, a lot of times you're more in the middle of the board. But I saw you popped up, your back foot was like all the way on the back. It almost seemed mm-hmm. like you didn't even have to adjust it. Yeah. But I'm like, how are you doing that on a 7.4? How are you doing that on a 7.0? Is the white yeah. point back? Are you like sitting a little further back and sacrificing some wave catching ability or is it just you just know to step like all the way back when you do it or any tips there? Yeah, no. So, you know, that's actually a good question. I don't, I've never actually paid attention to like how, um, where I'm, I'm, I'm laying on the board like appropriately for how the length of the right. board is. So right. I, so like, yeah, like depending on if like I'm on a short board, I'd be laying centered on the short board. If I'm on a little bigger board, I'm just kind of like centered for that length. But yeah. Um, you know, I was saying this and it's crazy because if you look at my board up here, Mm -hmm. can you see this? You can't see it all, but. Okay. So like, okay. If you know, like the quarter back end of a surfboard, right? If you think about it, you know, obviously you have your front foot comes into play a lot, but more so of the performance, like your, your turns and, um, your, your, like you're off the top turns, your carves. It's like, you're almost like driving stick. It's like driving manual. You know what I mean? You're mm. releasing a little pressure off your front foot and then you're engaging like the gas with your back foot. And that's right. like with a bigger board, people get this false perce- like perception of like, 
if there's way more rail line on it, it's like you're thinking like, oh, I'm using so much more of this rail line. But honestly, when I ride a like a bigger board, the only difference is, uh, especially in like small waves, it's just like getting in real tight in the pockets as for like mm-hmm. a short board. Mm-hmm. But everything else feels exactly like the same, like carves, pumpings, like mm-hmm. um, tight wraps. You know, if the wave is like shoulder to head high, you, you have you should have no problem doing like all those turns yeah. on a bigger wave. But my stance, it's pretty much the same. Like yeah. as on if I'm on a shortboard, really, I'm not like you don't have to you don't have to shuffle back intentionally to get back there because I feel like you know the wide point is a little is going to be further forward just because it's a longer. Board, yeah, you know? I so feel you. Be... Yeah, but that's actually a good just... observation. So I like if you're talking about it. I think when I'm standing up, I probably do at the last like second, just subtly throw yeah. myself more, a little bit more on the back end versus right. popping up right in the middle. So yeah. my, I see what you're saying. Probably right, just a right. little without even see, that's crazy. Cause without even like thinking about that. Yeah. I probably do just like a little bit like last second pop up, just throw myself subtly in the back micro inches. It's crazy. Yeah. It's probably, it's a big difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's when you've been, it, so many things in surfing are just like intuitive that you don't even think about it. And if you're yeah. doing it right, you don't have to think about it, but if you're doing it wrong, <laughs> you know, no, that's a great question. Yeah, I've actually never, it. no, totally. And I've never been, uh, I never thought about that specific question. Like, hmm. are you popping up or in the middle or are you like swooping back a little bit? Yeah. I'm probably am like just a little bit just to get in the sweet spot, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting, interesting. And so, you know, <clears throat> I guess if the board is 19 inches wide, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fairly thin, because if it's 33 liters at that length, it's going to be fairly thin. Then, yeah, engaging the rail, like doing a turn, yeah. is going to feel fairly slim, similar to a short board, except the, um, I guess there's just going to be a little bit more swing weight in the front, right? Yes. going to influence things. Which um, I love but- that. I love the weight in the front. So a lot of people, they don't like all that nose. Yeah. Sorry. You just brought that up. And that made me think I actually personally like without even really saying it so much, like even talking to someone about it, I like uh, like for swooping round turns. Yeah. I like the weight, like just having that extra length. It almost like gives it that little extra difference between like using a rail to like true I guess you could say like true power surfing, you know? Right. There's like a little momentum when you a go. A little more it. umph. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like Poncho Sullivan style, you know? Just yeah. Like, yeah. Like, trying your right. best to poncho it for sure. <laughs> nice. For real. Hey everyone, it's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, it'll only take you literally a few seconds, and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So, thanks. Cool. So, uh, why don't we uh, go back in time a little bit, and I uh, just want to hear like how you got into how you got into surfing. Yeah. So, I was born and raised in Maui. I got into surfing. My dad was a surfer. So, my dad, I grew up... You know, just going to the beach all the time. And um, I, I think when I first started surfing with my dad, I was like standing up by myself. I was probably around like six or seven years old. Mm. And um, 
that's how I got into surfing. It was just my dad yeah. taking me out yeah. um, we, and we went surfing and whatnot. And then I actually didn't really get into it like competitively where I was like, oh man, like this is something I want to just do like on a competitive side until I was about like 11 or 12, which is actually mm. fairly late for right, right. someone Too trying late. to, yeah, right. you know, to make it like, how far is this kid going to go and surfing, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's when I kind of just started. It it was mainly my dad growing up here on Maui, taking me to the beach all the time, just cruising. And, uh, I started like jumping on my board around like six or seven. Yeah. And what was, what was that like? Was your dad the kind of guy that's like, I want you to be a pro surfer kind of dad, or was he more chill about it? It sounds like probably the latter, huh? Yeah, no, he wasn't so much like that. You know, to be honest, um, I was mainly raised with my grandparents. My dad is like, that side of my family is Hawaiian and my mom's Caucasian. So I'm like a full hapa. Um, but I was mainly raised with my grandparents and my dad was like, he took me surfing, but it wasn't a lot. Literally. Like it was like, yeah. he took me a few times and then it was not a few times, a little bit more than a few times. And then I like, was like, Oh man, this was super fun. And then when I got into, um, but he was nothing like, trying to push yeah. me to go to whatever. Right. Right. And then, right. um, when I got into like middle school, I had some friends who were really good surfers. And then I kind of was uh-huh. like, that's how I kind of got more into it, you know, more interested. Right. Yeah. Right, right. So he wasn't like teaching you the fundamentals of surf technique. He wasn't giving you tips and all that. It was more, no. how did you, how would you say you learned how to surf then? Was it just watching your buddies or what was it like? Yeah, it was, um, I would say that, I learned, I get, it was probably from going with my dad the few times, like picking that up. And then it was mainly just, uh, I had it. My dad actually was dating this girl a long time ago and this, uh, his, his, um, girlfriend's brother's friend. And I forget his name. He, uh, and I was 11. He actually gave me a board. It was just random. It was just Jerry Lopez board underneath the house. And, um, that sounds sick. Yeah, it was super, it it was, it was a sick, I wish like when I go back in my brain now, I'm like, Oh, those boards were so vintage and sick. Like for me, I'm like, Oh, this is like, but it was, it was a full classic Jerry Lopez. I remember it was like camouflaged and, uh, it had like dings on it, but whatever. But I just went, um, I went to the spot on, uh, on the North shore. It's like Tavares and it's just, just like super fun wave. But all my friends were going there and I kind of, it was just like taking the board out and just going, you know, I knew how to yeah. stand up, but in the sense of like performing and stuff, it just is just repetition, just like constantly mm-hmm. putting in the time. And, yeah. um, yeah. And that's kind of how that happened. And I think you don't even realize it. And then, you know, you're just down there putting in the reps and then right. you just get better, you know, especially when you're a younger kid, mm-hmm. um, in your mind's just like, you don't have so much things to think about. So definitely right. helps. You just kind of yeah. pick it up. And were you, would you describe yourself as someone that was really naturally talented and you just picked it up instantly or, you know, what was it like, you know, cause <clears> you, <throat> you said you had friends that were really good surfers as well. Yeah. Right? So yeah. What was that dynamic like? Um, so I think I wasn't naturally talented at surfing. Uh, I, I think I'm one, one, definitely one of those guys that I just like, I put in a lot of time to develop like my 
you know, however you want to label my surfing, but the skills that I have now. And, uh, but no, but you know what it is, man, to be, I don't actually want to get super deep in stuff. Well, I mean, this is a, you know what I mean? No, but let's hear it. Why not? really, really what it is, it's, uh, if you're not, if you don't grow up with like, well, if you grow up with supportive parents who establish this, the, the self belief that you need as a child that you don't even realize it. it I think the thing that I lacked even till now, I like people to struggle with in general is uh, that true self belief that just that, that belief in your capabilities, that trust, because at the end of the day, I think we all like, we all like kind of struggle with like, um, especially if it's time to perform under the lights, whether it is, we all kind of like struggle with like self doubt, and some people can kind of brush that aside and perform yeah. and some people just really let it self like it's like self-sabotaging so i think what right. kept like for a really long time wasn't that i wasn't as good as the kids it was just like i never had that belief that i was like oh mm. you know maybe maybe they're doing like little aerials at that time you know like mm. 11 12 year old where these kids are just like you know most of my friends grew up with really great parents. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I could see it. I right. go to their houses and right. whatnot. They're super involved. And you can kind of like, and this is just like, it's a cycle. You'll see it with like all type of athletes, all type of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, with that being said, it was just like, I, I didn't think I was like bad, but I, I definitely, it took me a little longer to catch up. So where guys were ripping around like 11, 12, I started kind of coming into my own around like 15, 16 in school, in high school. But I, I kept out it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Well, here's the question, right? Because if you're coming from almost behind like that, did that kind of give you this drive though? Where you're like, oh, I'm chasing. I got to get better, you know? Because yeah. you, know, you hear of all these surfers that come from broken homes, right? Like Kelly Slater. I mean, it's interesting. I was watching his documentary. And obviously, he's kind of in you know, the twilight years of his career and whatnot. But he, I mean, you know, he's the goat, but he still sounds so like not confident and insecure all the time, you know? And yeah. I feel like I, I read somewhere or I was listening to something and they, they found that the, the three character traits that result in greatness are number one, crippling insecurity. <laughs> yep. Combined with like the belief that you can actually do it at the same time. And then the last one was, uh, a willingness to postpone um, is basically impulse control. So you're just willing to put the work in when everybody else is, you know, Isn't, yeah. drinking a beer or whatever, right? Because yeah. like the kid that grew up in a happy home could just be like, oh, you know, what? I'm chill. I, I'm just going to surf. But they don't have that drive to like put in the hours to like really yeah. take it to the next level or surf jaws and do crazy shit, you know? But yeah. then the person that maybe came from that tougher background, they just want it more and they're just willing to put in the time and, and do the things to get them there. So I, I don't know yeah. if that resonates with you at all or, or, or not. You know, absolutely. I mean, surfing kept, you know, especially when you, if I think it's like this anywhere, but when you're raised on a little Island, uh, it's mm -hmm. really easy to get caught up in, you know, um, sex, drugs, the normal stuff. Like it's very right. small here. Everyone knows everybody. Everyone knows your business. So, and, and, and my dad, like not to get deep into that, but my dad was like a, a drug addict forever. So he kind of just like, I have a relationship with him now. It's great. I, I've seen him. It wasn't like he's just on the island, but he just was right. like, you know, gone for the most part. 
And then my mom lives in the mainland. We're close, but I never grew up with my mom. So I just, I was raised from my grandparents. Um, but that being said, I think, yes, for sure. So I was, I got so invested in the surfing and I really wanted to do well. So it kept me away from partying. So I didn't party actually in high school at all. I, I actually started getting into partying a little later in my 20s. And um, that's like jumping forward. But so high school, I was very disciplined. Like I put in a lot of work. Yeah. I was one of those, uh, right. ath- like just surf, like, excuse me. I put in a lot of time. You know, my grandpa used to do construction at Harbor Lights and he was, uh, he used to just run the whole program over there and then he did security and it was just a, it was a hotel, like a residential complex in Kahului. And, um, I used to, I never got rides to the beach, so I had to like hitchhike. So I was hitchhiking to the beach from like 11 all the way to high school, like 11 <laughs> years old. No joke. What? Every wow. day. Dude, every day. That like, sounds like drive to me. What? Yeah, no, no joke. Like every single day, <clears throat> hitchhiking to the, the the beach. And then, um, you know, it wasn't like I would get rides from my grandma and grandpa here and there. Well, my grandpa would come to play. But most of the time, you know, my grandma's like, my grandma's not. My grandma's still to this day. She's like 86, but she's just like a, she's like my mom. But she's also like an auntie. She's just like one of those local I don't know if you ever met, you've been in our show, but she's not like this sweet, she's super sweet, but she's not like, oh, how's it right, going? Right. She's just more like, you know, like tough. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and she's like anyone else, like, she's just like surfing was like, whatever. You know what I mean? And, um, but my, my history here, I have like my grandpa and that sort of, I'm kind of like, let me finish this and I'll jump into another thing. But, um, I hitchhiked every day and then I had to hitchhike home and it just sucked because like I'd get down to the beach, you know, after school, I'd, I'd run, I'd catch my bus and then I'd go to my house, grab my board. And then it was like two, like two thirty, I'd be out in the road and then I wouldn't get down to the beach sometimes until like four. It'd take me hours, you know? Oh my God. So then I would surf till dark and then I would have to hitchhike home in the freaking dark and... <laughs> I'd get home like seven sometimes and it was just like, whatever. And then I'll just kind of repeat that. And, uh, and then when I started getting into like, um, like, I think it was like my seventh grade, eighth grade year, my grandpa would just freaking, especially on the weekends, I would, he would go to work at like two 30 in the morning. So I would just, he would give me a ride to the beach at Hokipa. So I would just jump in the back of the bed with like blankets in my backpack and I would just like literally drop me off at the beach. It's pitch black. And I, in the pavilion, I would just like sleep there until the sun rose. And then I would just wake up and go surf. And then it was just like that forever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all like all I did. Dude, yeah. That sounds kind of epic though. I mean, those it's sound epic. like kind of amazing memories actually. It is. Like, it was a, it was definitely a grind. I had a good, I had a really good work ethic. I was pretty driven when I was, I was younger, you know, but I, I had to be in a way because oh. it was just like, that's right, a, like, right. what I had, you know, Make, makes me feel bad about complaining about, you know, having to deal with, you know, getting to the beach. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, at least I didn't have to hitchhike, you know, that's, that's a whole nother level. And I know yeah. hitchhiking in Hawaii is way more chill than definitely it's not the same thing. Definitely mainland, different, but you know, yeah. 
Wow, that's so interesting. So then what was it like? So you're in high school. Uh, were you competing back in high school or were you just surfing a ton and going just? Yeah, I was competing a bunch, um, just mainly doing like nationals or not nationals, but NSSA, uh, your Haases. And, you know, I did pretty well in all those, a lot of local events. Um, and then I started doing like junior pros a little bit after high school and then getting into the QS. But okay, um, and yeah. What kind of surfer would you describe yourself as? Like, what was your, you know, what was your approach to, you know, were you a power surfer? Were you going for the air? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I guess I'm more late. It's so funny because we we pretty much like, as surfers, we kind of get, you just get labeled. You know what I mean? Like, that's an aerial surfer. That's a power surfer. But I would say I'm more like, like a, like a power surfer, you know? Mm Mm-hmm fundamentals and whatnot yeah but that's kind of war like how i surf just mainly like rail line yeah right right and so what's been and so were you naturally always good at that or did you have any experiences that really made you be like i want to surf in this kind of way or what was that like for you or is it they're just a surfer that you like really admired and you wanted to emulate him or what was that like yeah so I don't know. Maybe I just kind of like formed that way, but I really, I don't know if this sounds a little like cliche, but I, I did, I really did like, like Sonny Garcia surfing and especially at my right. time in my, my era, he was kind of like the guy from Hawaii and sure. stuff. So, right. and my grandma, one of my surf videos was sunny days. So I used to like watch that all the time. And then, um, I really like, this is random. I don't, uh, you know, Dean Morrison, from Australia. Uh, so he was like part of like, he was like the three amigos in the sense of like Mick Fanning, Joe Parkinson, Dean Morrison. So Mm -hmm. Dean Morrison, I freaking loved his surfing and he was, uh, just kind of like that, like just sick, super sick style, really fundamentally sound, um, just really crisp surfing. And, uh, I used to always try and (laughs) like pretty much, um, surf just like him. Like he, he wore this tank top wetsuit and I just had like, I, I went and got one. My friends would just roused me all the time. <laughs> and then they were like trying, like, I know they were full of shit, but at the time I was like, they're always like, Oh yeah, you're starting to surf like Dean. I'm like, am I? <laughs> they're probably full of shit, but I was like, but I always just rock that suit. Yeah. I, I love the way yeah. Dean Morrison surfed. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If you're not and familiar then- with Dean Morrison, look him up. He's sick. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. I, I, you know, I've been watching a lot more of like the old classic surfing, and it's just like because dude, it, they're so so sick, so good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love modern surfing, but the problem is like you watch it, and they're just doing all these airs, and you're just like, that's not really relatable, you know. And you just see what someone with good style, and you're like, that's how I want to surf. Really, yeah, you know? and that's the thing with surfing. Surfing's just like it's super subjective, you know. Like everyone has their opinions on what good surfing is and where surfing should be. Like, you know, like people look at aerials like, okay, that's where surfing needs to be, you know, and you Mm -hmm. cut everything else out and you know, that's just how it's going to be. But yeah, I know I'm right with you. I, I think surfing the direction that it's going now, I think it's great. Like with Italo and Gabriel Medina, I mean, all the guys, the list goes on, you know, with these guys doing insane, incredible maneuvers. Um, even my good friends here, Matt Miola, Albie, like those are my, I grew up with them. We're all super close. You know what I mean? Like those guys are insane. Like they do the sickest shit. You know what I mean? But you know, some may say like, 
carves wraps like bleh. like if you're not doing that then like whatever you know but i think a perfect honestly man in my opinion like felipe toledo is a prime example of like what an amazing surfer i mean there's so many but in the sense of like a package if you were to watch that guy just do his rail line work like his turns his carves oh, it's ridiculous. insane because yeah. he went from like if you're a look at him before you'd be like oh he's just like this insane aerialist right which he is but if you actually look at his turns his his carves you can even label him as like his power surfing it's yeah. like the toppest of notch you know well, what i mean so I remember, like uh, yeah yeah it's insane I remember when he was getting all that flack for not being a good rail surfer. And then yeah. I was now looking at him like, whoa, this is, this is, oh, nuts. he's, he's, he has to be like right now. He's like the best in the sense of right. rail work. I swear like on tour and you're like, you're talking about like Jordy Smith, all these you guys, like his rail work better than like Ethan Ewing's and John John's. Oh, I mean, Ethan, it's, it's Ethan Ewing's a whole Ethan Ewing is amazing. That guy's like more right. formed. Like he's just super formed out. Like, no, no, no. That's it's definitely different. It's very different. Right. So that's the difference, right? right? When you look at Ethan, it's like a style um, thing. Oh, it's a, sorry, sorry. No, no. You look at it. It's just very different because Felipe Toledo, his his rail game is insane. But then there's just like difference when you look at someone like Ethan. It's like you look at Ethan. You're like, okay, his rail work for whatever reason is just different, right? Like in the sense of like. Mm his direction and body placement. He almost just looks like you would label him like, Oh, that's a power surfer, you know? Right. I don't, I, I don't know what makes it like that, but mm. I would say like Ethan, Ethan is actually, sorry that I fully spaced out in the sense of like him and Felipe, I would say very different, but if you're going to like put in like, okay, who has the best rail work, in a sense of overall like speed power flow and just overall like form, I would say Ethan for sure. Yeah. If that makes but any sense, that, I kind of was like right, right. right there. No, but you know, but that's not a knock on Toledo. I mean, he's still At an all. incredible rail surfer. Yeah. No, and, I, I'm, like, and I, and I didn't, I'm not saying I don't like airs. I think they're super sick. It's just, no, totally. when, I'm, when I'm watching video to be like, I want to improve my surfing and I'm studying, I can't watch those guys. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to do airs like that, but, I can, I love watching like Curran and things like that because, or Kelly back in the day, because it's just like, I was like, oh, it feels somewhat more relatable, even though I'm probably never going to surf exactly like that either. Those guys just, no, and it's, well, you know, no, absolutely. No, I totally feel you. I mean, I honestly love watching footage of uh, Kelly Slater, Tom Curran, even Taylor Knox. You watch Taylor Knox? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. And those yeah. guys, when they're in their like later twenties, early thirties, their short boards are probably like six ones, six twos. But mm -hmm. if you, they look so good. And I swear, there's just something about it. If you ride a little bigger board, little length, yeah. there's these subtle little details, and it just makes everything just a little bit more crisp off your rail line. It kind of slows you down a little bit in the sense of your like your form, and it almost mm -hmm. just like makes everything a little bit more smooth. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a step up, you know what I mean? Like just riding a little lengthier of a board. I don't know, mm. like yeah, because if you go back and watch all those guys, 
and you compare them to now, obviously I would say they're a lot better surfers now, like Slater and McFanning. But if you but the way they surfed back then, there was just something so just a little different. It's just a little more pleasing to the eye. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Yeah. Right. So I think there's something just about the look of a longer board as well. And just the there's something about it. Yeah. There totally is. Agree. It's hard to explain. You know what I mean? Like there is just something. It just I don't know. Gives it that little extra Yeah. Fine. Do you think you know? Do you think there's anything from a technique perspective that differentiates, say, an Ewing versus Toledo? Is it, who was it? I was listening to, he's one of the WSL commentators, but he was talking about Jai Glindeman, but he okay. has crazy style. He was talking about how the reason why his style is so good and the reason why it's so distinctive is because he's not going for airs. And the reason why that, influences his technique actually is that it leads him to have a narrower stance okay and because he has a narrower stance he's he it just changes the way he surfs and the way he does his turns versus if you're going for airs you're going to have a wider stance because you got to land those absolutely and, and so it's it's interesting thinking about how you know that you know is going to influence things right just like if you're going for the airs that's going to widen your stance and that's going to have an impact on your surfing yeah no i totally yeah, Ethan Ewing, I mean, it's so hard to compare him because I feel like he's just like, I was, I was watching, someone else was explaining, he's like this mix of like Joel, Mick, and uh, and Andy. It's like this combination yeah. of how yeah, yeah. smooth he is. And um, yeah, so it's hard because when you watch, he, he just looks he doesn't do much with his arms. Everything's just very compact and compressed. So he just looks so smooth and his stance do look a little more, I guess you could call it narrow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you know, that's a, actually a really good observation because I think most more, most people with like maybe not real narrow, but like a slightly more narrow stance tend to just really, use like go to the direction of their rail more like just mm. pocket really just like very crisp nice surfing mm. and then um guys that tend to kind of go more in the uh air are uh i would say i don't want to say wild but just a little bit more a little more energy you know like wider right, stance right. a little bit more open with their body their arms right. and um so yeah i think it's it is a different technique, but that's the crazy thing, right? Cause it's like, I, yeah, that's where this like being, it's just like surfing so subjective because it's like, I personally like this. I like the way Ethan surfs versus like, I like the way who else, who could I compare him to? I mean, Gabriel Medina is a perfect example. Gabriel Medina is off, absolutely amazing, but I would rather watch an Ethan. I'd rather watch Ethan surf than, you know, that's just my For opinion. Sure. Gabriel Medina in the sense of form, you know, I don't know. Right, right, right. Makes sense. Wait, so, you know, on the topic of power surfing, you know, what would be your biggest tips towards an intermediate surfer that's trying to just be a better power surfer? You know, obviously riding a step up sounds like that's one piece of advice, but what else would you recommend? Yeah, I would say every session, like, and, and I think, uh, 
I think the best thing to progression, but just like keeping things simple to like basics because everything just stems from your basics, right? It's pretty simple. If you know how to stay low and compress to your board and you can properly properly do some cutbacks, uh, stay low on your bottom turns, it's just going to just level everything up, right? So everything's just going to become like basics to like just advanced basics. It's just everything just gets a little bit more crisp and defined. But I would say if the waves... I feel like you could always work on like cutbacks. It's kind of like that move where it's just like, ah, but like you could always just work on your cutbacks, whether it's like one foot to like four, six feet, however big. Um, I would say it's super important to go out with like a purpose of like how you want to get better. You know what I mean? A lot of the times when people are trying to, I, I would say in my opinion, and I've done this for a really long time, is when people are trying to get better, they really just go out with like no direction. They kind of just mm-hmm. go out and surf. And that's fun. You know what I mean? And I was talking to my right. friend about this, my good friend Kiki Makahanaloa. That's his his name. Um, and he's a he's a black belt jujitsu, but he uses this principle for everything. He's a good surfer. But he was even he was telling me this. But when you're surfing, you go out with a purpose, you go out with a plan, and that's how you get better. You know what I mean? So if the waves are waist high. And you're, you know, if you want to be a better power surfer and the waves are waist high, go out with the, with the plan in your head of like, okay, I'm going to stay low and compressed today. And I'm going to make sure that I'm doing clean wraps, you know? And I would say it's really important to get out of the habit of sometimes when you dig your rail, people just tend to jump off, you know, like, Mm. I think we all do this. You'll do a turn and you'll just kind of like, ah, you'll flop yourself off. Mm. Yeah. I would say get in the habit of whether you're kind of digging your digging your rail or not, but just make sure that you're always trying to finish your waves. Finish your waves, stay low and compressed, and just work on your rail line. Cutbacks, you know? <laughs> Lead with your well, it's interesting. <laughs> it's interesting that you emphasize staying low. You know, that's something that I think about all the time, mm-hmm. especially watching current. You look at Kern, he's just like so low all the time and obviously all the top pros. But I think when you look at a lot of surfers, they're so upright and then they're not. And if you're not compressed, then you're not going to be able to create any power from it because you're not starting in that position. Right. Mm -hmm. I I definitely agree with the the compression. It makes so much sense. But it's so hard to like you don't even realize how not compressed you are until you see footage of yourself, right? Basically. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You, you don't realize how not compressed you are. And the only time you're really getting extended too is like when you're kind of opening up your, your hips throughout like a, a carve or a turn, you know? And then when you're finishing your turn, it's like you want to make sure you're getting back down compressed. But also like it, it really just comes with like a lot of repetition in the ocean because if you don't really know how to distribute distribute your weight on your board if you're just getting low you could be putting too much weight like just on your board and you'll just bog you know what i mean so it's kind of like that's i I feel like that's a very like it it almost be like kind of hard to explain like what i mean by that but it's like staying low through turns especially on small waves and i kind of i just like had a video i was talking about this but when you're surfing small waves what it really is is just like consistently surfing smaller waves and you'll develop a way of surfing lighter. You'll, you'll just like, you'll be able to surf lighter because you're, you're starting to realize 
where you need to push and where you need to like let go, you know, when like driving manual, right. you know? So like if you're staying really compressed, but you don't really spend a lot of time surfing small waves, you're just trying to stay low. It's probably really likely you're just going to kind of like bog out the wave, you know? So it's knowing it's, it's knowing when to stay compressed at the right time, like on the wave. So you can fit right. that energy, you know, if that makes sense. Right, right, right. No, it totally yeah. makes sense. I mean, I think, you know, the I made a video on this, and I think about um, Chloe and Dino when he's surfing like one foot Huntington. Like yeah, he was so so low and crouched over. But you know, I was I was I always thought his surfing style looked a little bit awkward, a little bit until I was like really studying, and I was like, because he compresses so low onto his front foot to drive speed down the mm -hmm. wave as he's going down the wave, so that he could then extend as he was going up, and then that's why he's just like a little whirly top in these tiny waves, you know? And yeah. you're totally right. It's about the compression and then the extension. But if you don't compress, then you're not going to be able to extend. And I think like, I see a lot of surfers and they just kind of pop up and they're just kind of straight and they're just going there, you know? And I think, yep. you know, it's, it's both though. I, I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's not just compressing. Yeah, absolutely. No. And I totally agree. And I, and I, um, and I also agree what you mean with, uh, Kaloye, cause I've seen that too. Um, I think the best surfer to watch in regards to this topic uh, to get a really good idea is Mick Fanning. If you ever watch Mick Fanning, he, he's low at all the right time, but he's one of those guys. He's one of the only surfers that you'll see on tour and just in general. He rarely pumps. Everything is literally top mm. to bottom. Like yeah. watch him surf. Like he'll pump when he needs to, but if there's a wave that just has an open face, he doesn't ever second pump on the bottom. He never goes like mm. one, two. Everything is literally right. compressed, bottom so turn, snap. Yeah. And that is a, I think that's a different type of level too that is just beautiful to watch. He's one of those guys that's a prime example of how you should look um, mm. when you're getting compressed and, you know, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, so... I don't even know. Maybe this is like too far back for you to remember even, but when you were beginning to develop, you know, your roundhouses and your carves, do you ever remember struggling with anything? Was there anything that like, like was a plateau for you that you had a breakthrough and then you had this moment where you realized, okay, this is the thing that, that unlocked it for you. Was there anything like that? Um, so yeah. So for me, like, I think it was like up till about seven, seven years ago, maybe eight years ago. I like everyone else, you know, growing up, like when you're surfing, like everyone just wants to use shorter boards even till now, right? You got the best surfers in the world. Everyone wants a downsize, even Kelly Slater, you know, Kelly Slater's on the tour and then he'll be using five eights at Margaret river when it's freaking. uh, pfft what 10 feet you know what i mean right. and that's the goat that's the greatest of all time and you would think like if you listen to him that's the direction you would go and yeah maybe i don't know but you know that's why we are all our own people and i have my own opinions and the way i surf and whatever that's no i'm not even relating towards him he is the goat but i would just never surf a 10 foot wave on a 5 8 no matter how whatever well maybe i would i shouldn't say that but like that's just right. in my head you know so the difference is, is like anyone else, I was surfing a smaller board for a really long time, uh, like a short board. 
And I was surfing uh, my home break, and it's the point at Hokipa. And I just realized all the time I would surf, uh, like once the waves got like four or six feet, I was just like, when I'd push off the bottom, I just always would skizzle out. You know what I mean? Mm. When I was riding shorter boards um, and a little bigger surf, I started just like skipping out on my rail all the time. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then when I'd be doing like a drop in on a little steeper face and I'd be coming out to the face, I felt like I just had to like do the turn. But if I pushed any harder, I'd kind of like skip or, you know, my fins would break out. Long story short, there was this guy, his name was, uh, his, his name's Mike Crow and he's from here and he's a, he's a, I believe he's a sergeant. He's a cop. Uh, he's been here forever. And this dude was a big dude. He was like sunny and he started riding really big boards. Like he'd ride like big boards and he was just freaking ripping like bra. Like it looked like he's just riding this big board, but he was doing turns. Like he looked like he was just surfing like a short board and he was coming off the bottom on these like six to eight footers, just deep and just like ripping. And I was like, holy shit. Mm. And then what helped is I started I ended up getting a bigger board. I started riding like a six, six. And to this day, no one, like if you come here, like people trip out all the time. They're always like, like friends even get weirded out. Like, why are you riding like a seven? Oh, and I'm like, bro, <laughs> we've been through this. It's like been years. I just like have fun doing it. But I mean, I probably get a little geeked out about it, like surfing big boards and small waves. But yeah, so I ended up really, I feel like I had a aha moment when I was watching him surf and I was like, man, Okay. So I put in the time and I started surfing a six, six. And then I, I started like being able to push and really like dig my rail. And I started mm. getting like the feeling like that. I don't want to say muscle memory, but I started like realizing like, Whoa, this is what it feels like to really dig your rail in, like to really push and use your rail mm. properly. And then after I started doing that, and I started jumping back down on my smaller boards. My turns just started getting more crisp. Like everything just started flowing better, you know, in like little, sh- like when I was jumping on my sharp boards. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Like if you jump on a bigger board and you jump on your small board, it almost feels like more whippy. But for me, it was more like I started learning, like if I would, when I started doing turns on my sharp boards, and I'd like kind of go flat. I was like, oh wait, like I'm going flat because I'm not engaging my rail. So like when I was riding my big boards, I started learning how to just arc off my rail. And then when I downsize and go back on my short boards, I started understanding like, oh, okay, I have to like put it more on an edge when I'm turning. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of when I had like my breakthrough of like being able to like, I don't know, use my rail like power surf and um yeah but even before that i was using like i'm only five eight so i've always been actually using a little bigger short boards i use like five eleven six o's those are my short boards Mm -hmm. you know yeah sorry if that was like way off (laughs) so no that that was that was super helpful so the question that i have there is you know you talk so is it was it a matter of you weren't pushing hard enough or was it a matter of um just not you having know, you, you know, not engaging the rail properly is that mm-hmm. because of your your foot placement is it because you weren't 
applying the pressure at the right part of the wave or was it just you weren't applying enough pressure in general or yeah break that down a little bit more for us I'm, I'm curious yeah i think it was just not applying the right technique not the right pressure so and also like um a lot of it is a uh, upper body movement too it's um it's rotating your your head and having the right technique in the sense of like you're putting the right pressure on your rail line but it's also the right movement on your upper body and um and that's what it was so when like when i was riding my step ups i really got to feel like um the rotation of my hips better than i would on my shortboard because there's more room for error on a shortboard some it's it, it's harder to actually well, this is in my opinion because there maybe there's probably a lot of really amazing surfers who just surf shortboards, you know, and just like they've learned to develop right. a good rail line. But for me, it was like when I jumped on a little bigger board, I started understanding how to rotate my hips, and mm. and that's what it is. You know what I mean? It's it's when you're doing a turn and you're staying compressed on your edge, it's also moving, rotating your your head and your body with the right, with the same momentum of your, your board. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, um, so it's like kind of everything coming in at one, it's using your rail line, but it's also just rotating your body properly. And, um, yeah, you know, um, I'm trying to see how I could answer this way better. Cause that was kind of like a, a half. No, that made sense. That made sense. And I'm curious. It. No, I'm curious. So, you know, fast forward now, eight years later, you know, you're competing, you're going to be competing at sunset this year. Like mm -hmm. what do you, what kind of things do you focus on now? Yeah, that's so right now at this time in my life, it's, it's mostly, um, my, my diet, my nutrition, um, and surfing being a lot more mindful of like how I want to progress. So like I make it a point to surf, I don't want to say every day, but like five days a week and I'll surf as long as it's surfable. I will go out. Um, I do think you need to get the reps in, in the water. You know, yeah. a lot of people can kind of, you know, they, they may have their view about that, but I think when you level up, it's surfing small waves because your technique has to be on point when you surf small waves. So if you're doing wraps and little floaters and speed and generating speed, obviously, boards come into play having the right equipment that's a whatever but i think the best way to level up and progress is surfing small waves you just you uh and i'm sure you can like it's it's cool to watch someone rip like a head eye wave but there's something different about watching someone rip a knee high wave you know what i mean you're like what the frick it's weird they don't even have to be like doing big old blow tails when you watch someone surf a small wave well, you're like, damn, that guy's surfing really well. And if you can surf a small wave well, you're going to surf, you know, a head high wave better, you know, in my opinion. So like, and that's all it is. You know, you ever heard that term like, oh, like, uh, frick. It's like, I was telling you before, like, when you surf small waves, you learn to surf light on your feet and you're like, how do you, what does that even mean? Like to surf light, you know what I mean? It's just when you put so much time in on small waves, 
and especially if you're on like a, you know, not like a big buoyant board, but like a red equipment, maybe like a gravel board. But when you start surfing a lot, you develop a way of like using your weight, like to like um, shifting your weight from forward to back. And you just find this perfect balance of doing it on like these little waves. And you'll just be able to just like time these waves and these little lips at the best time just because you're surfing so much when it's small and then you just like you'll just learn to literally surf lighter on your feet that's why all these best guys like some of the best surfers all come from surfing these really small beach breaks it's just their timing is like perfect you know right yeah um yeah so Sorry yeah, if I got, just went off. Into yeah, no, like you got Kelly one. Slater coming from Cocoa Beach. You got all the Brazilians, right? Yeah. You just got to combine that technique, but then they have to have the headspace and the willingness to charge in bigger waves, right? Yeah, um, and exactly. You put those two things together and it's it's over. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be pretty hard to compete. Yeah. It's hard so, to compete against those guys. And I guess in Maui, you guys get a lot of swell shadowing. So you do surf small waves and kind of weird waves all the time, right? Or yeah, yeah, you're not no. always surfing Pumping Bay, right? No, not, yeah, not at all. But the small waves here are very different. You know, like Hawaii, it's like you don't, you don't have really any beach breaks here. It's mostly like point breaks and little reef spots. And um, so, yeah, surfing a beach break small, like a... a like a sandbar beach break in small waves versus like a, depending on where you are, like my home breaks, a perfect example, like Pavils is like this brief break. That's like kind of small and mushy. And, um, it is different. I would say it's a little bit more difficult to surf a small beach break versus Hawaii water, small waves, you know, it's a, it's definitely different, but, um, you know, you got to work with what you have. So that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. If that did I no, answer your I, question? I'm like, oh no, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all yeah, I'm uh so are you purposefully like avoiding pumping waves and going surf crappy small waves when even though it's good or what? Yeah, no, I'm not. Um Yeah, so like I mean it's just been super small, so I don't avoid it, but like you know, besides like Hokey, but there's a bunch of really good spots on the island and obviously Honolulu is just like a world-class wave so when it's good over there i'll go over there but no you know i i think right now and sorry to i'm gonna actually go back and answer your question better in the sense of like what i'm doing now in the sense of like where i'm at because i kind of got way off track but um what i'm doing now you know in the sense of like my nutrition and uh just surfing every day and getting ready um and just wanting to compete and stuff. It's like, for me, it's super important because I think like anyone else, like like I was telling you, it's just like when you put as much time as like I have, like I've surfed for a very long time, especially for competition, it's so, competition is so different for uh, your normal daily surf, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's learning how to like just go into a heat like any other surf session. And that's, that's as obvious. I think a lot of people know this, but it is a common thing. It, it It's weird. Like when you do jump into certain heats, I did really well when I was like late teens, early twenties in events. And then 
as the contest got a little slower and I started less competing, I started finding it a lot harder to like get into the groove, you know, make a couple rounds, bow out. I'm like, frick, you know what I mean? Like what's going on? So yeah, it's just like that self-belief until this day, dude, I'm in my thirties until this day. I'm just like, that's the thing, you know, like you go out and you kind of let that self-sabotage go in and, um, kind of get you off track. You know, you do the things that you don't want to do and you start focusing on that. So yeah, it's more so like mental stuff for me now, uh, so to be a you found or sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Uh, so what have you found has helped? Like what, what have you done that's been effective that's helped you in your heats? Cause I think this will relate to the everyday surfer as well. There's people you go out, it's crowded, it's competitive and you know, your mind plays games on you as well. So yeah. Let's... So the last, like, I've probably done like four events in the past two years and the last four QS events I did, the waves were fun. Everything was good. I just did really bad, not even bad. I just like very minor errors that just like, uh, for example, this past June, there was all Moana bowls. I needed like a 5.07, you know? And this wave came in and there was 20, it was like 20 seconds left. And I was like, okay, this is like a freaking pretty good wave. And I surfed it very um, reserved, you know, just like in my mind, I'm like, I just need to get a little over a five. And I just surfed it reserved. And I think the judges kind of felt that and saw that. And I ended up getting a five. And that wave was, I could have got like a seven, maybe even more to be honest. It was like an excellent yeah. scoring potential. And I, and I barely, I got like an average score. And that's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. Like, instead of just like, surfing that wave how i would surf it on any other day if i were to catch a wave like that you just you just you don't even think about it you know you just like drop in bah it's just like instinct right. so it's like getting out of that mind space and just like surfing like you'd be like any other day especially when it comes to competition so what i've been doing is like you know i don't know if it's cliche but a lot of people do it but I, i've been doing it more as meditating journals Especially if you're someone who like really does let that self-doubt affect you more. I think everyone deals with it, but some people let it really affect them more. And I, I definitely am one of them. Um, so it's just doing stuff like that. In um, the past like month and a half, I've been running every day. I don't like to run. I don't like running. Like literally. <laughs> like I, I, like, and so I've been running like 5K every day. 3.1 miles. Um, and I've been doing that just like literally, was it a little over a month? And that for my mental state, just like doing stuff like that just makes everything, uh, you know, you just come a little bit more mentally stronger. Like you kind of feel a little bit more confident and you just, uh, so it's doing those little subtle things for me. It's almost like a little bit outside of surfing. It is like surfing, but it's the little things at this point in my life that will kind of just, because it's all like, it's all mental literally what is it that what progression is, that, is uh, mental yeah everything what, is what does the running do for you though is it that it uh chills you out because you're like okay i need to you know it releases some pent-up energy or is it more like i'm forcing myself to do something that's hard like yeah how has it helped you so running it, it, in the sense of like uh 
my mental state, like, you know, if you're pushing at a good, a, a, a decent pace, um, it's, I don't want to say sucks. I'm going to be a little dramatic, but you know, like if you're running like a 5k and you're, you're pushing a, a decent pace, maybe your heart rate's at like 140, 150, where you can talk, but not like, you can have like little like sentences, but not like crazy. Um, if you're running at that pace, I think the whole, like, especially when you're like, for me at least, and you're like, uh, at like mile two and you're running at it. And I run at this park where it's a lot of incline. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. not flat ground. A lot of it's like flat. And then it's like a lot of uphill. Uh, I just get over it. You know, I'm like two miles in and I'm just like, frick, this sucks. I'm over it. And I'm just like, right. this, like, what, what am I like? I don't need to be running right now. Like whatever. So I think when you're like at that point and you're just like, nah, I'm just going to, I got to finish this. You know what I mean? It just does something in your brain where it's like, it teaches you like, nah, you got this and you're going to overcome and you just push through and then you're going to feel great. So it's just something about building. It's like fortitude in your mind. That's all it is. You're building mental toughness. I feel like I have a lot of mental toughness in a lot of areas, um, but that's definitely one way for me at least is running. I found that out. I used to run, not crazy consistent, but now that I've been doing it a lot more, uh, yeah, I definitely feel just, you know, way more discipline. Just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, I wake up every day at the same time. I make sure to go surf, whether it sucks or not. And, um, and I'm putting, and, it, and when I do my sessions, when I am surfing in the mornings, you know, whether it's half a foot, I'm going out with the mentality of like, oh, I want to surf well. It's, it's knee high and I really want to surf well. I'm going to, you know, work on just flow. Even if I'm going like, out doing a half turn, I'm in the whitewash. I'm going to try to get a cut back in the whitewash and just hit it and come out with speed and then kick out. So it's just like those little things. Um, I think have just been helping my overall state of just being like belief, mental toughness and like just yeah. that, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Right. So I've been doing man. Cool. Yeah. And, and so training wise, do you mostly it's surfing and running? Is there any other training that you do outside of that or? Uh, so I do, I do, um, yeah, I have like a, I've built like a gym at my house. So I have like a, I, I do like, um, compound movements, uh, mobility. I do a lot of like training like that. Um, like, I don't know. I, I did CrossFit for a really long time. So yeah, I have like certain like little plans that I do throughout, you know, my week when it comes to, weight training or it comes to just like mobility and recovery but i do i do stuff like that yeah um yeah yeah not to get too specific but yeah i do some weight training at my house yeah nice yeah i I saw you did a video about paddling right and i guess you know you get to surf every day so you don't have to you don't worry about paddling but for the everyday surfer um do you have any recommendations i mean how important is paddling for that everyday surfer it's so important I, I, you know, I think like, I'm sure you know this, but if you, you could be fit as frick, man. You could be like in the gym all the time, super fit. And when you jump on a surfboard and let's say there's waves and you're paddling, you're going to get tired in like 45 minutes. 
probably most likely i can tell you right now i have um i teach a lot of people like you know with my surf school and whatnot and i have um athletes triathletes come in people do ironmans and on my on my site they always say it's it's uh an hour and a half long lesson people will look at it and they'll be like hey um you know i'm not you know trying to come at me humble like i'm not trying to like toot my horn but like you know i'm uh I've done many Ironmans, you know, I'm a pretty fit person. I literally, I've had like many people tell me this almost exact line. So I'm like, okay, I've heard this before, but I get it, you know? And I'll be like, oh yeah, no, I totally understand, man. And I'm, that's great. Um, the reason why I have it for an hour and a half is because I've been doing this for a long time. And I can tell you when you're paddling consistently, your muscles the there's certain muscle groups that you just haven't used even when you're in the gym and you're going to, and it's very fatiguing. Like you're going to get tired, you know? And they're like, Oh, maybe we could just do like, you know, a couple hours. And let me just note, like most of the time I, I push everyone. So I'm helping people. I'll, I'll paddle them. Sometimes I'll have them grab my leash and I'll whip them out. I'll push them in the waves, whatever. So when guys tell me that in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll be like, but I'm going to make you work. Like I'm going to let you paddle now. You know what I mean? And these guys, every time I'm not even fit, bro, I'm not even like making this up every time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, these guys, every time I'll, I'll, they'll be getting waves and they'll be paddling out, getting another wave, paddling out, not even 30 minutes. They'll come out and they'll be like, whoo, you weren't lying, man. This is like, this is definitely a workout. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like pretty nuts. And then an hour goes by and they're just like, holy crap, man. I'm like, I'm freaking toasted. And I'm like, yeah, it's a good workout. Yeah. I'm like, see, I'm like, bro, like you're in amazing shape. The are all these guys, but like surf shape is very different. It's very different. So like, for example, if I were to just go and jump on the bike with them and run, like I'm not going to be freaking riding 20 mile bike rides and then shooting a 10 K and then swimming. Like I'm, right. I need a train for that. That's hard, you know? So it's not like these guys aren't like in shape. It's just, it's super different. If you don't surf and you haven't developed that muscle memory and you haven't put in those reps and just got those muscle groups that you use from paddling, it's going to be tiring. So yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm, you I'm need, you need to ahead. paddle. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Paddling. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you need a paddle, but I'm surprised that Ironman triathletes get work. Cause I'm like, cause I've tried swimming to train for paddling mm -hmm. and it doesn't really work, you know, because the angles are all different, it's different. and you're still get worked. I've tried all sorts of stuff, you know, like getting those elastic bands that doesn't really work either. You still show up on a surf trip and you just get worked. Yeah. But I, I, for some reason, I thought Ironman triathletes, though, if you can do a freaking Ironman, you can yeah. surf for half an hour. Yeah. I've had, I've probably it. had like maybe like five people that have told me that exact thing. And every time I'm like, <laughs> okay, for sure. And it's not like, I'm not saying these guys are just bogging, but they're like, they're like, shit, man, this is like a good workout, you know? Right. Um, right. And especially if you're like paddling, like if there's waves and you're just like, and where I teach at, especially in the mornings, there's tons of waves. So you're not just really ever sitting, you know, and you're never really sitting too, because you can't just really sit on that medium part. Cause there's always little waves. So these guys are, they're busy. 
and it's just different. Like I'm telling you, like paddling on a surfboard when you're using these muscles, it's just a different type of workout. Like, and it's really hard to replicate in the gym, yeah. man. I'll geek out and I'll geek out all the time, like running all this stuff. And it's like, I've spent so much time in the ocean that I could paddle, but if I don't surf for like two weeks, bro, I feel it. Like I'm fatigued. There's like that muscle endurance too, right? It's like a different type of endurance, but you're just feeling like, oh, it's just a little bit more draining. I've been paddling forever. Like you'd think like I'd just be ripping through the ocean, you know, but yeah, it's one of those movements that I would say, maybe some guys will be like, this guy's full of it. Like, but I'm like, bro, from, I've been surfing like my whole life. And I'm, I'm sure if you have experience paddling or you surf here and there, and then you add in, you know, your your outside work. Yeah, it's going to help, you know, especially if you have certain technique. But if you're someone who hasn't paddled or you rarely surf and you're and you could be fit and that will help, but it's different. Like it's going to be tough. You will get tired. So the best thing you could do is uh, jump on your surfboard and paddle, you know, proper technique and paddle. That's it. You'll, that's the best way to build your, to get better at paddling. Right. Right. For sure. Wow. Um, wow. Well, thanks. Uh, you know, we're coming up on time here. I know you got to go take care of your daughter and all that, um, yeah, man. but we got to have you back on. Cause I would love to, yeah, I feel like we could pick your brain. Yeah. We I, could just I wrap be, out forever. It's so for sick. Sure. I really want to hear about kind of what your experiences are running a surf you know, school and just like, I'm sure you have a million, you know, pieces of advice for more beginner surfers. And in this podcast, we talked a lot about kind of more higher level surfing, but yeah, I'd love to pick your brain at some future point about that. So yeah, man, no, for sure. There, yeah. And, uh, so, uh, anything you kind of want to give a shout out to, or, uh, you know, say before we, uh, end the podcast, uh, we'll no, dude, you I, when you compete at uh, sunset, but, uh, yeah, no, that'll be fun. Uh, hopefully they have like, um, yeah, hopefully we can tune into that. But uh, no, dude, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, super, super humbled by it. So this is like, this was super fun. Awesome. Uh, and I, I enjoy your I enjoy your content a lot. So I appreciate you having me on, man. You're the man. It was good stuff. Cool. I had a lot of fun. All right. Awesome, man. All right. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks, bro. Take care, man. Hey, everyone. It's Van. Hopefully you've been enjoying the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to some good stories, getting some good tips that are helping you improve as a surfer. If so, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review. It'll only take you literally a few seconds and share it with your friends. That's the best way you can support me so I can continue to create awesome new content for you. So thanks.